0: Welcome to PR360, where every week the brightest minds in public relations, communications, and media discuss the topics and trends you need to know about. PR360 was produced in partnership with Global Results Communications. Now here's your host, Todd Perry.
1: Welcome back to PR360. My guest today is Mickey Kennedy. Mickey is an expert at helping small businesses, authors, and startups increase their visibility and credibility. Mickey founded e-releases over 22 years ago after realizing that small businesses desperately need a press release service they can actually afford, giving them access to the media and national newswire, all with a personal touch. His press releases have resulted in articles being published in the Wall Street Journal, CNN, Bloomberg, and many other prestigious, uh, <clears throat> prestigious news outlets. He holds an MFA in creative writing with an emphasis on poetry from George Mason University. Is there anything I missed, Mickey?
0: I don't think so. I think that covers it.
1: Okay, great. Um, okay, so personally, uh, when I'm not doing this show, I'm a writer. I uh, write poetry do kind of journalisty things so sometimes i'm on the other end of the pr thing but okay i even though i'm a writer for some reason i cannot get into poetry i love i love song lyrics i could quote bob dylan all day but when it comes to um uh poetry i'm just not there yet is if, if you were running a pr campaign for poetry how would you uh sell it to me I don't know if I could.
0: I mean, a best-selling book of poetry might be like five thousand copies. Most uh, copies of poetry are under a thousand. Um, it's there's not a lot of money in it, but it is something that I enjoy. Um, I, I feel a real connection to words and language and the arrangement on the page. And uh, I haven't found a form of writing that sort of you know speaks to me in the way that poetry does.
1: Yeah, I uh, I had a. My father-in-law just recently. He was always big into writing his own haikus, and then he just found out that ChatGPT can do it. And he just sits mm-hmm. and amazes himself all day with like putting in prompts to churn out haikus. And I, I actually think they're better than his uh, haikus previously. So, but yeah. So let's see here. One um, um, you, you say that. Quote, people don't buy from people they don't trust. Uh, how do you build credibility through PR?
0: Well, I, I think that what happens when you get earned media is, you know, um, it is it, it sort of is like third-party corroboration, or almost like an implied endorsement that a journalist wrote an article about you. And I think that that is the kind of credibility builders that you know makes people feel more comfortable and trusting of a, a company or a brand. I think that what happens, uh, you know, routinely is, uh, you know, we go to a website we haven't seen before, or we know nothing about, and then we go away. And then we usually get retargeted through ads and things like that. But, you know, generally when there's an article, our defenses go down, you know, right. for some reason you can say something in an article and people believe it, but when you say it in an ad, they do not. And I think it's because it's got that third party uh, intermediary, the journalist who's just, you know, uh, bridging between you and the company or the brand. You you, you know, the, the downside is you don't always control the messaging. So, you know, uh, the, the click... Uh, you know, the, the CTA, the call to action uh, that you would like to have in a piece. You, you don't get that in an article. But what you do get is a real connection. And it's not unusual for my clients uh, to come to me and say, hey, we got like 200 you know, visitors from this one news article, and it looks like 80 of them converted, could that be right? And I'm like, it is possible because you got to realize not everybody who read the article click through, but those that it spoke to and, you know, had that, uh, you know, good feeling click through. So yeah, that's, that's quite possible to have a conversion rate that high when most sales pages, you're lucky to get 5% conversion rates.
1: Right, so it's editorial does a lot better than advertorial, I guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, Now, would you prefer, let's say, um, if I'm writing a review about a a product for a certain uh, company, is it better credibility-wise for there to be somewhat like a an honest appraisal that includes some negativity as well as the positive aspects of the product, so it seems? Uh, a, a little more honest, or would you rather that thing just be glowing all the way through?
0: Personally, I would try to be as positive as possible. Um, you know, if you do have some shortcomings and you know that the majority of the industry is going to say, but what about that? Mm-hmm. I think it's, you know, quite clear to bring that up. You know, go ahead and uh, handle the first objection that, you know, your, your customers are going to have. And I think that that's appropriate, but I wouldn't bring it, you know, just to, to be fair and balanced because with a press release, you don't have to be fair and balanced. You're yeah. really trying to position yourself, uh, you know, uh, the best that you can. But that being said, uh, sure, if there's sales objections that you're quite aware of, and your product is has shortcomings in that respect, it, it's quite appropriate to address them and sort of talk to why you feel that's not a significant obstacle, you know, f- uh, for your product.
1: And that might do a little bit of work for you because you're setting the correct expectation for the product with the person buying it as well. Uh, Absolutely. Probably, um, so I, as somebody I, I write for Upworthy, which um, is pretty big on Facebook, and so I get a lot of pitches every day, um, lots and lots of pitches for everything. Uh, how do how would you how do you craft PR or press releases, and so they can cut through the noise that I see in my email every day? <laughs>
0: I, I tell people, you know, don't look at other press releases that are out there because 95, 98% of those press releases don't generate earned media. Um, so don't try to replicate what's not working, but sort of focus on what is working. And I think that, uh, you know, a lot of people approach a press release as, you know, what's in it for me, I want to sell more product. And so my press release is completely written from the standpoint of how to maximize sells for me and what they've completely missed is a journalist you know by and large is a storyteller and there are certain things that they like in the arc of a story and if your announcement doesn't address that it's very unlikely they're going to choose it um you know i i think one of the um obvious types of press releases that we get is a product launch press release that is basically like, here's a new product and here's a list of features and maybe a company quote. It's very hard for a journalist to look at that and build out a story. But if you incorporated a use case study, you know, a client who used the product, beta tested it perhaps, and had a a wonderful experience and you shared their results and then had a quote by them, That that allows the journalist to build a lot more into an article, you know, also, you've got those features that are there. But there's also like, here's an incident of usage. Mm -hmm. And also, if you have statistics that you can throw in there as well, like this is a client who used it. This was the results. As a matter of fact, 62 percent of all customers, you know, customers under ten million dollars a year revenue have that same experience. So, you know, data can go a long ways into sort of helping the journalist, you know, flesh out a, a, a story.
1: You know, I've found that there's an old adage that I think works well in this, which is, they say, don't tell me about your grass seed, tell me about my lawn, It's like an old advertising thing. I don't know if you ever heard that, but that always gets me in the right frame of mind where it's like, talk to the journalist about their story versus bragging about your product with 15 product features or whatever. So it's easy for me to get and for me to imagine because it's kind of like I got two seconds looking at the press release. If I could see it immediately, then okay, maybe we got a story going on. But if I have to sift through it and try to find that person's story, then it's like okay, next, you know. Um, yeah,
0: journalists used to be a lot more patient, I think, with uh, lean copy because they had a lot more hours and a lot less expectations. But I think the journalists of today are expected to produce more and do it faster. And as a result, mm-hmm. if you just don't have all the information they need, you're, you know, you're, you're running the risk that they'll just uh, you know, sort of skim on by you.
1: Yeah, and uh, that's why we also like big fat quotes because if I gotta have five hundred words done by twelve thirty, if you have a big fat quote for me in there, that'll uh, that'll shave off a little bit of time in me getting through that. Um, It's so when you uh, started e releases, uh, I get you started it for quote the little guy like people maybe with smaller budgets or just smaller companies that maybe didn't have access to PR. Obviously, you've talked to a lot of little guys. What does the little guy need to know about PR that they usually don't know when you're going into the relationship?
0: I think that a lot of them just feel that PR isn't appropriate for them because they're not a large, giant corporation. And I think the, the thing that they miss here is, you know, journalists or people and they don't like writing the articles about Microsoft and Google. You know, Of course they have to, but when it comes to a, a well-funded brand or a small undiscovered company, they prefer the smaller undiscovered company because it allows them to be seen more as a curator and finding stuff mm. that they share with their audience. And as a result, you know, being small and unknown is an advantage, I feel, when it comes to getting PR.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's true, and and, and, right. It's not like I'd I'd imagine. Maybe it's a little more difficult if you're uh, a big company that's people have told their story a billion times. What what new is there to say, right? right? Um, And so, what are some kind of common misconceptions that? the clients have about PR when they, when they come to e-releases? I think that
0: a lot of people try a press release and then judge the experience with what that press release does. And that's, that's a shame because they really should be evaluating a PR campaign of say six to eight press releases over, you know, for a small business, it might be a year, year and a half to get that many press releases out. Uh, but, You know, to me, it's like throwing in the towel after one press release. It's like, you know, throwing away, you know, saying that Google Ads doesn't work for you because you got 12 clicks and nobody bought. Um, You you really have to commit longer and do different types of testing, trying different types of material, different hooks, different angles, different approaches. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if you want to improve your chances, you know, try to be more strategic uh, with the type of press release that you're doing. Um, you know, uh, uh, the most popular press release that we get at E releases is a new company hire, and they're usually not a CEO or president or an important <laughs> industry veteran. And as a result, you know, not much happens. You might get a local newspaper or you know, business magazine or newspaper, if you're lucky. And uh, you you also might get like a little on the move section in a trade publication. And that's about it. You know, I would reserve my money if I was going to pay to send something out over a wire for something a little more important, a little more strategic.
1: Yeah, and do you think that companies do that because maybe they're a little too close to the product, as they say? Well,
0: I've, I've questioned th- a few in the past, and what it comes down to is, you know, the new hire really likes it. You know, they like to see themselves on Yahoo Finance and a few of these websites, and to them, it makes them feel important. So I get that, but I I, I also realize that it, you know it's a missed opportunity uh, where you could have done something a little bit more strategic. Uh, I, I you know I'm a big opponent of, you know, be a little proactive with your own PR, build your own Rolodex. And when it comes to those types of press releases, reach out to your local newspaper. If you're lucky enough to have a business magazine or business newspaper as well, reach out to them and just let them know that you have a new hire, send a photo of the person. And, you know, also you can do that with a couple of key uh, trade publications. And it's, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, journalists are approachable and, you know, feel free to reach Reach out to them and build a relationship. You know, uh, if you felt like they did an amazing article about something. You know even though if you're not pitching something just sharing that or a tidbit that might give them a little more depth on the subject or something like that uh, I, I i think that people appreciate being appreciated and so if you're willing mm-hmm. to do that I, and you know build a relationship you yourself can create your own uh, rolodex that when you're in a time of need you could reach out to them and, and pitch a story um
1: mm. uh- you oh, have you ever had a, a time when a client came to you and you had to tell them, this isn't news, <laughs> right? or, this isn't newsworthy.
0: We we uh, do unfortunately we did that a lot. Uh, I would say probably about twelve to twenty press releases a month. We sort of you know send back saying this just doesn't really reach the threshold of news. It looks like you know a, a lot of times I think it's people who are looking for. Uh, you know, SEO content, because I noticed keywords uh, throughout it. And it says mm-hmm. a lot, but it really doesn't say anything. And, you know, those yeah. types of press releases, we we do discourage because they don't really do much. I mean, when it comes to the actual press release, Google knows it's a press release. It doesn't, you know, really value the content. You don't get penalized for duplicate Press releases out there Having the press release on Yahoo yeah. Having it elsewhere uh, But you also don't get I, I don't feel a big bump from it either
1: Yeah, yeah um, So to switch things up a little bit um, I've heard that you are a proponent Of the 30-hour workweek um, What do you think are the advantages Besides like, you know People not being burnt out But what do you think are the advantages Of a 30-hour
0: workweek? I think being burned out is a big proponent of it i think that uh, you know people feel that they have to work 40 60 hours a week they have to do everything i used to be the biggest micromanager of my business and my turnover for new um, you know for new employees was about a year and uh, yeah. i i i hired an hr consultant and they came back in april of 2020 um 2015, and told me that the problem wasn't my employees, wasn't the job postings. Um, they talked to the customers, customers had great experiences like the employees, but it was me. The staff ha- hated uh. me because I was a micromanager, always. <laughs> Telling them negative stuff behind, you know, standing behind their back saying next time you you have a conversation like that, say it this way. And it just drove them nuts and they felt like they weren't valued. And so April of of 2015, I I walked away from the day to day operations of the business and went home. And said, "I'm going to focus on marketing and education." And I put someone in place that was more maternal and more nurturing than me uh, to 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 run the office and be someone they could lean on. And most of the people that were there at that time in 2015 are still there today. So you know, we solved the problem, and and it was me. And I think that you know, by (laughs) doing that, I freed up a lot of hours that I was just investing in what I called coaching my uh, employees. But what I was doing is sort of nitpicking and tearing them apart. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, if you hire really qualified people, they're going to get the job done. They're not going to say it the way you're going to say it. They may not even do it the way you would do it, but but it's getting accomplished and goals are being met.
1: Wow. Uh, how hard was it for you to step back, given especially given... <laughs> You created the company. You have a penchant for uh, being a little micromanaging. That had to be very difficult. It was a little
0: difficult, but getting away from the actual physical office, I found, was the only way I was able to make it work. I tried for the first week to see if I could just be at the office and just not be a micromanager, I couldn't help myself. So I was standing behind one of the employees that they just had a phone call and I started to say something and just said, this isn't working. So I went back in the (laughs) office, thought about it and brought everybody together and said, here's my cell phone number if you don't have it and I'm going to go work from home. Allison's going to be in charge. And uh, it, it, it's worked out really well. I think that I had really good people there at the time, and I was probably you know at risk of losing them if I, I didn't solve the problem, which was me. I think that it wasn't as hard as one would expect because I didn't know much about business going into business. I was a poetry guy, and as a result, yeah. I, I, I didn't know what to do. so I leaned on marketing, masterminds, took courses. And I, f- I found in Google ad uh, course that I took a uh, the idea of a A B A-B split test. And I learned to let the numbers speak for themselves. And I did that with a lot of processes in my business that had nothing to do with advertising. Uh, you know, we used to send a shock and awe package to all new customers because we're close to Baltimore, Maryland, it included crab chips, the Raven for Edgar and Poe, all kinds of fun oh. stuff. It was $60 worth of stuff. And I was proud of it as a creative person, but I had one person come back to me and said, it felt a little unprofessional. And rather than get offended, oh. I I tested it, I, I took all new customers that came in for the next six months, half of them received that and the other half just received a book with a welcome letter. And then I started looking at the lifetime value of those two populations. And it was pretty obvious at year one that the people who received the book going to have a lot more lifetime value. And at year three, it was almost triple the lifetime value of the people that received the box. And the book was only $8. So I felt like I was saving $50 and people were having a better experience. At least they were more engaged and wanting to do business. And what I walked away with that is I'm a fun you know, poetry, creative mind type person, but when people do business with someone, they they don't want that sort of jumping up and down and being zany with them. They want someone to appear professional and give them resources and be useful. And so, you know, I I just learned to let the numbers guide me. So when the the, uh, HR consultant came and told me that I was the problem, I, you know, I, I went based off the, of what she told me. She interviewed all my employees and interviewed many of my customers. And, you know, I, I, I think she was right.
1: Wow. Um, that shows the power of uh, first impression also. Yeah. You know, uh, when, it, when it goes down to like long term, wow, that's just a little tweak like that. Uh, let's see here. So... Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure uh, what, what your, your background is in AI, but I have to talk to everybody who comes on the show about it because I just think it's such a kind of out-of-nowhere thing that has popped up in, in our lives It could be a benefit or not. Um, what, what do you think that AI's role in PR is going to be over the next couple years? I think that uh, my
0: experience with AI is, has shown that you can write a really good press release with it, but you can't just say... Mm-hmm here's a block of information. Now write me a press release on it. I I found for me to get a really good press release out of it. I sort of knew what I wanted the headline and opening paragraph to be about. And I kind of knew what I want the second paragraph to be about. And a couple of times I've had it to have to rewrite that paragraph and incorporate things that I felt were important. But at the end of the day, I had a document that was, I felt very readable extremely well written and uh, you know my my uh, my stuff was in there and I I felt Mm -hmm. like you could really write a good press release with it that being said I suspect that many people who approach it are going to approach it from here's a little bit of information about the company now write me a press release and I think that you're going to end up with a probably a well-written piece of copy but i think it's going to be one of those press releases that you know i i might run the risk of telling them i don't think that this is a press release here i don't think there's anything newsworthy i would really discourage you from sending this over the wire
1: yeah that's you know that's that's when you need a professional like yourself to step in and look at that yeah um yeah, it's, it's it's pretty wild. I think it's a great way to generate ideas about certain things. Like, sometimes the AI will think about something in a way that I did not and come up with some ideas. Like, if I just have a paragraph and I have my idea for an intro, I'll just be like, you know, well, what does uh, ChatGPT say about this? And then they might come up with something that, hey, cool, I could use that idea, too, and beef up whatever, you know, I'm, I'm working on. Um well, it's been a real pleasure uh, speaking with you today, Mickey. And uh, where can people follow you? So uh, the website is
0: ereleases.com. Um, all of our social media is on the lower right. Mm-hmm. I did want to mention that I have a free masterclass that goes into strategic types of press releases you could be doing. It sort of like uh, gives you an audit of the types of press releases that I see that are working for my alliance that you could sort of replicate. And that's at ereleases.com slash plan, P-L-A-N. And again, it's completely free.
1: Oh, great. So w- we will link to that in the description of the episode. Um, yeah. And what's, what's the best takeaway someone's taken from that piece that you put up from the master class?
0: I think that sometimes if you don't have something newsworthy, you know, sort of manufacture the news. Um, uh, you know, you can do your own survey or study on your industry and, you know, take that data, analyze it. Build a press release out. You know what were the big aha moments from the survey, and uh, really walk away with a lot of uh, articles. Generally, uh, you know people that sort of follow my model uh, for this generate between eight and fourteen articles that they get from that one wow. press release on a survey or study that they've done. And I know it seems daunting, uh, you know, to do a survey or study, but it's really as easy as you know going to Survey Monkey and creating a sixteen question survey. Four questions on each page, and then you know finding a, a trade uh, association. Uh, ideally a small or independent one in your industry and asking them if uh, they'll send that out to their members in exchange for you mentioning them in a press release you'll do over the wire. The big trade associations don't seem interested and, you know, they, they're difficult to work with. So I think the smaller and more independent ones are your best bet as far as, you know, getting the survey out there. And generally, if you have 150 or a couple hundred responses, that's, that's enough data for most journalists to work with.
1: Yeah, I've found that uh, I've found surveys online. Like you know, I just need some information to back up a claim I'm making or to kind of tell the story. And it could be something that has a survey that has very little to do with actually the um, the company that commissioned it. But still, I will give them the shout out for commissioning the thing. You know, it'll be a survey about I don't know how often people go to their mailbox, and it's created by, I don't know, Best Buy. But, you know, a survey by Best Buy, and i will give them the link and the whole bit. Um, And also, it's always great. The funny thing is, lots of times when they do these surveys, maybe they'll put it out in some kind of press release, and they won't have it linkable on their website. And I'll be like, I want to link back... You know, to this this company's website, and they won't do that. So I don't know if that's a trick just to get me to put it to BestBuy.com instead of Best Buy's, you know, survey page or whatever. But. Um it's like, I'm trying to help you out, man, you know? Yeah, I,
0: I, I always tell my people to build a resource page for each survey that you do. Uh, you're probably only going to talk about two or four of the questions in the press release, but go ahead and put all the responses on that page and build it out as a resource for a journalist who's looking to get more information, more data. You can, you can actually make it. Uh, I, I had the New York Times actually link to a resource page uh, uh, for, for wow. a survey, and the New York Times rarely links to anything online.
1: Wow, that's, that's, a, that's a big win and really helps with the credibility of whomever you're working with as well. You know. So thank you so much, Mickey, for coming on the show. It's been great. We had a little interruption earlier uh, with the recording device, and I think it turned out okay. So thanks for spending some time with me this afternoon. It's been a real pleasure.
0: PR 360 was produced by Todd Perry in partnership with Global Results Communications. Be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review wherever you get podcasts. Follow GRC on all socials at Global Results. Follow Todd on Twitter at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. Talk to you next week.